me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to episode number 27 of the Sports Nut Podcast, a podcast where we talk about knitting. No, I'm just kidding. Talk about sports. And no, knitting isn't a sport. I don't care how you try it. It's right there with chess. It's, it's barely above chess. At least with knitting, you get a sweater when it's cold. Chess, you just get, I guess, to think you're good at statistics at war, but you know. Okay, enough on that. I've rambled on about that way too long. When I talk about we, the other part of the we is the one, the only, Mr. Bruce. How are you doing today, Bruce? Outside of being covered head to toe in poison ivy, I'm doing all right. Oh, that's not good at all. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife gets it a lot out here. Um, is is there are people like immune to it, poison ivy? So there's a long-standing myth for me. So I used to work in landscaping many years ago, and you know, I I contracted it, and it wasn't such a big deal. I suffered uh, a couple of weeks with it, but my understanding was once you got it, you were good for a while. I'm here to dispel that in every possible way. Holy smoke. You know, the thing about it is that I was doing yard work, and I usually keep an eye out for it, but I clearly missed it because when the sign started showing up two days later, I knew I was screwed because I didn't get a chance to thoroughly wash the areas that had been hit, and it just spread rapidly. Yeah, well, I could tell you that my wife will get it when she works dang there every weekend, and I don't get it. I'll be working right alongside of her, and I don't get it. So I don't know if my skin is just, like, awful and nothing wants to touch it, um, which could be. I'm out in the sun all day. I know it's a lot drier and harder, but, uh, yeah, I just don't know. I, I, I've always wanted, I was hoping you would know that answer, but, oh, well. Well, all I know is that as long as, it depends on what you do when you're done. Because the thing is, is that if you wash, you know, well after you know you've handled it, you actually can get ahead of it. Yeah, that's what she does. And there's this cream she can get at Walmart, too, that puts on and just takes care of it immediately. So uh, that's good. Well, hey, speaking of learning something, maybe I can learn you on this. I, I could be totally wrong here. You might already know about it, but I saw a site that they said it's a new site. I don't know if it's a new site or a new vamp site. You can let me know. It is called Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Have you heard of it? No, actually, I have not. So I thought of you, and uh, they said new site. Now, a lot of times when you say new site, it could just be a whole new makeover. I have no idea. But uh, it's all about uh, Boston. Let's see. The teams they cover is the Patriots, the Red Sox, the Bruins, and the Celtics. I don't know any of those teams. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, matter of fact, let me click on the Bruins here and see, and see what they have. Uh, right now they have three, four articles on here. Uh, one is Spooner Bruins far apart in initial arbitrations. Another one is a note to the readers about Bruins coverage. There you go. So you can hear about that. Uh, this is the Boston Sports Journal Bruins reporter will be starting next month when the NHL gets back into action. So it looks like they're going to have a full-time reporter on that. Yeah, actually, I'm going over some of their staff now, and uh, I know Greg Bedard. Well, I don't know him, but I mean, uh, he's actually one of the contributors to uh, the Sports Hub and uh, a, a local radio show around here. But um, yeah, but I'm really surprised. I, I'm kind of curious what spurred this on. Well, looking at their staff, you know Brian Robb. Come on. Maybe I do. I have to, I, the name's not familiar, to tell you the truth. 
No, I'm just making all that up. I just saw his name there, so I just kind of said that. Uh, <laughs> you're talking smack. You're punking me. I get it. <laughs> that's about as long as I can hold out a lie or acting. Uh, that's just <laughs> everybody knows. If you ever want to know I'm telling the truth, just stare at me for like 10 seconds. That's about as long as I can hold on to anything before I start looking the other way, smirking, laughing, you know, and walking away. So that's an easy way. I'm a horrible liar. So interestingly enough, so I clicked on Sean McAdams' name and another WEEI alum. So I'm wondering if uh, these are the people that didn't get signed on to, uh, uh, because I know that EEI just recently cut some of their folks. So I wonder if this is uh, sort of uh, in either conjunction, uh, um, in, um, you know, to compete against it. Uh, I don't know. This is interesting. Yeah, but I saw it and uh, believe it or not, I saw it on. Bleacher Report, which is kind of, you know, one thing I'll hand about Bleacher Report, they will promote other websites and other news articles. It's not just them. Uh, well, part of their deal is, is they'll just run, you know, hey, click on here for this site, click on here for this site, and they'll actually promote out some other sites. And that's where I saw this, and I was like, I wonder if you know about it. And I, basically, I was kind of curious if it was just a revamp or new site. So maybe it is new, some of them coming over. Well, you know, with all kinds of, uh, well, let's face it, sports is big business. And I think that, you know, any outlet that can self-sustain itself, I mean, let's face it, the sports industry is huge. It's huge. So I think maybe you and I need to go after a slice of this pie. Exactly. Um, Owen, I'm reading more about Sean McAdam. It looks like he was another ESPN.com let go to. He said he had a weekly writing column for them. So for the last dozen years. So I think I think this is just a pick of pieces of a couple different sites. That's what I'm guessing. No, I think that's actually a great guess because let's face it, when uh, the folks over at Bristol started cutting jobs, I know that a lot of folks locally here were uh, actually impacted. But also, I mean, this wasn't the only place because like I mentioned, EEI also started cutting folks. Uh, and yes, Christopher Price, same thing, another EEI alum. So this must be uh, sort of, well, you've got, you know, these guys that apparently need to survive for a living, too. So I'm hoping that this gets them the success to support themselves. Yeah. it. Uh, well, now it says the Boston Sports Journal free preview ends July 30th. So I wonder if there's going to be a paywall here. This says become a subscriber. Let me click here and find out. Maybe. Uh, well, let's see here. Okay, it's not too bad. It might be worth it. It's five bucks a month or thirty-five for the year. Um, you get three year for seventy-five. Um, for thirty-five for a year, if they have good articles, good writing, that is uh, very well worth it. Uh, uh, I, I don't mind paying for stuff if it's good. Uh, matter of fact, for the longest time, I paid for ESPN Insider, and I'm not going to renew it just because. I got so many good hockey articles, and they don't have it anymore. <laughs> they bring all their hockey in from other sites, so there's no sense in me paying for it anymore. So I guess I don't like how you're not going to be able to see the hockey articles during the free preview. I'm wondering if you could contact them to say, hey, uh, can we get a free preview once we see the hockey? You know, maybe they'll do that if you contact them. 
Well, I got to tell you, you know, this actually goes sort of ties into, um, I think two weeks ago, I mentioned the, the national or the nation, the newspaper that um, was uh, started back in the late 80s, actually early 90s. And that had really good writing. And uh, it was unfortunate that that actually bit the dust like it did. I got to tell you, you know, that's one of the toughest, toughest things to see because outside of, I mean, for, who do you consider uh, some of the, not to put you on the spot, but some of the names that you consider good sports writers? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I don't know if I have any really just people I go to. Um, I know this is going to sound bad. Um, I, I will click on an article if the title looks okay. Now, I, I, I think I'm pretty good at myself at discerning whether it's clickbait or not clickbait. Clickbait, I'm done. Don't even go. If I like the article, I'll click on it and read it. And But I can usually tell two paragraphs in if it's going to be good or bad. And to be honest, I really don't read too many names. Um, I'm, I, I really hate to say that, but the names to me isn't a big deal. It's more about the article. Now, there is some sites I know, like three, four writers that write for this uh, I like. Um, I'm not a big, huge fan of the local Dallas Stars writers. They, they tend to be... Uh, a little too Homer for my taste, which is fine. You know, that's their job. You know, they want to cater to the stars, but I would rather have bias. So usually when I want to find good, you know, unbiased about the stars, I'll just go to NHL.com and they got some really good writers there. And I hate to say it, but I really don't look at the names. I know that's bad. No, actually, it's not bad. In fact, that actually uh, goes right into my point. In fact, uh, quite frankly, I mean, uh, some of the writers that I had read a long, long time ago, I mean, Frank DeFord was one of uh, my favorites because he was one of those people that actually, the first one that I'm aware of, that made the successful jump from sports to real news. And, you know, I think that a lot of sports writers, when they first start, I shouldn't say a lot, but I do know that many, when they start in sports, ultimately, you know, grow tired of it, and they uh, hope for the hitting the national pages down the road. Um, I think uh, another person that I've thoroughly enjoyed, but he doesn't have a written column, uh, was actually Keith Olbermann, because, I mean, he added a different dimension to sports for me. Um, and so, ultimately, the, the, the long, drawn-out point I'm trying to make here is that that's the real challenge today. Actually finding a site that you can actually go to that has genuinely good writing. And I have no problem paying for it. But, you know, I think because of the selection that we have, uh, I think the big problem here is that a lot of these standard newspapers failed to embrace the Internet. And because they failed to do that, that led to the rise of the blogger. And let's face it, some of these people have a better touch on their teams than uh, some of the staff writers. So on one hand, I think that it, it should have kept them on their toes, but in the end, it really didn't. Yeah, that's one thing I will say the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars were the first NHL team to recognize bloggers and podcasters as journalists and to get passes. Now, if you do a podcast and a blogger, you do have to submit numbers. So me and you numbers may not, maybe won't cut it, you know, but they do recognize them. And I remember they were saying they were the first ones to recognize it. So we need to get our numbers up so I can start getting some passes. Oh, before I forget, uh, another place I find some good writers, and this place, I, 
I think has turnaround writers pretty good, but they, I think they have a pretty decent, um, what do you call, uh, uh, I guess, the person overseeing everything. The editor? Editor, thank you. I don't know why I couldn't get that word out, but uh, is uh, the hockey writers, uh, the hockeywriters.com seem to be pretty good. And I think the editor's decent, and it's kind of people from all over. And you can actually start writing for them and submitting stuff, but it's pretty good. That's kind of a hit or miss, but there's some good articles there. I think this is a site people like me and you that write stuff, that want to write stuff instead of talk about it and submit it in. So if you haven't checked the hockey writers out, check that out. It's actually a pretty decent site. Oh, and I'll second that. I really like the articles that I've seen through there. You know, one of the other sites that have actually emerged that's blogger-based is, of course, SB Nation. And I get a lot of my information from there, too, which is interesting. But I think the only thing that makes it kind of tough, and I'm not a grammar Nazi by any stretch, but i got to tell you, every once in a while when I go through an article and I see a simple word misspelled, it kind of takes the shine off of it for me. And, you know, that's where a true editor really shines but um you know that's personal preference i think uh some of the sites that i've always enjoyed hockey uh articles from are just a shell of themselves i don't like the new nhl uh website layout and i don't know what happened to my favorite one which was hockey slam uh which is canoe.ca because after they had their heyday again same thing they just became a regular news aggregator yeah like you said i I'm all about give me all the information. I'll click on it if I want. That's why I think SB Nation is great. Uh, I, I am kind of a fan of the SB Nation radio too, uh, which is pretty good. If, if for a national radio, they do pretty darn good. Uh, it it it's so, a lot of times you get the national radios. It's all about entertaining guys or shocking people, which unfortunately ESPN basically has become. You know, they're either going to shock you with this host. Or they're just going to entertain you with guy stuff with this host. And that's kind of what Mike and Mike turned into towards the end. Just guy talk. And But SB Nation Radio, besides being free, you know, get free, listen to it free on the computer everywhere you go. Uh, it's pretty good for all around sports. And they actually will talk hockey, which ESPN will not talk hockey. Fox Sports will a little Barely more than ESPN. NBC Sports will talk some hockey. I give them kudos for that. But NBC is the one station that will actually give hockey promotion because they pay for it and they want to kind of, for lack of better terms, pimp it out a little more. So, but SB Nation, if you're looking for good sports radio, national wise, uh, check them out. It's pretty decent. Well, and of course, there's ours. Um, we started alluding to some of this stuff a little bit uh, earlier in our shows, or maybe we hadn't, but um, you may be on the lookout for a potential Facebook page down the road. Yes, yes, I'm starting to create that, so we'll start putting some articles in there. And some of the articles we talk about, you'll be able to read a little early. So uh, once we get that, we will get that out. And before I forget, starting next week's episode, for the next four to six weeks it's going to be hit or miss if there's a live show we've created a couple that aren't really time sensitive that'll be out there um, i'm going into some training for a little while i'll go over all that later uh if you're wondering why it's not live uh, th there should be uh a chance for a few live episodes in here but just let everybody know it's going to kind of be hit or miss starting next week and i apologize for that we're not going anywhere we're not going to hiatus 
Uh, there might be a skipped week here or there. Do apologize for that, but we will be back. And I'll go over all that, what, why, where, and after I get done. And let's face it, it's real life. As much as we pretend to be professionals, we kind of aren't. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm the first to admit that. <laughs> and it's the same with my other show, Book Nuts, uh, on the pod, on pod Nuts here. It's the same thing there. That's not as big a deal because me and Jonathan can knock three, four out in one go, and then we're good for three, four weeks. But uh, it, it, it's the same with there. There might be some hit or miss for a little bit here. I just want to make sure I get that to tell tell that with everybody. Speaking of which, maybe, maybe one day we'll bring that Broncos fan on on the air with us. Oh, exactly. <laughs> hey, before I forget, I did get two emails, people saying one person, this doesn't count Door. Door, when we talked about the movie last week, um, uh, Door said he loves that show. So that's good. Got more respect for him. I actually got two emails saying they like that, just a little blurb non-sports a movie to go watch so saying that i got one this week and are you ready for it fire away this is see if you can just guess the name i'm be on the spot here if you don't get it hey you're you'll be fine don't even worry about it from 1986 the director was stephen king yes that's stephen king do you know what movie it was in 86 i have no idea it is maximum overdrive oh yeah okay here's <laughs> Here's the synopsis of it. Here's what it says. It says, when a comet passes close to Earth, machines all over the world come alive and go on a homicidal rampages. A group of people in a desolate truck stop are held hostage by a gang of homicidal 18-wheelers. The frightened people set out to defeat the killer machines or be killed. Oh, yeah. The only really person you'll know in here, Emilio Estevez, and there's three or four people you know by face from B-movies and extras maybe from TV shows here or there. But uh, he's the main character in this. Uh, Laura Harrington, some people will know. Um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, a couple other things here. Uh, but uh, she was like the main female character to this, Emmanuel Estevez. So basically, it's the typical 80s cheesy machines are coming alive and they're trying to kill everybody. Everything from soda machines to cars. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a stupid, cool action movie that you can sit down and watch and have a good time and it's you know it's not real so it's not nothing there's nothing deep in this uh not much character development in this just action cheesy action through the whole thing so grab it watch it and enjoy it i'll hunt it down because my wife is a huge stephen king fan yeah i think i think it i don't i don't remember if this was a book from him or a novella from him or a short story but if i remember he wrote it too so, and I think he wrote it as a short, a script, and then I don't know if he wrote a book and then the movie, or the movie, then the book, or I have no idea, but I know there's a book along with this, so I got a feeling it was a movie, then a book, but could be totally wrong. So, now that we got that out of the way, I do have a couple articles here, if you're ready. I'm as ready as you are. Okay, the first one is uh, football. I got one thing in football this week. Um, LeVon Bell did not sign a contract, and I was wondering because he took his franchise tag, and usually players do that because a franchise tag is more. But his contract this year was actually more than his franchise tag, and I was like, huh? And here is why I think unless something happens, Pittsburgh's going to have a hard time signing him because he wants to be paid as the number one running back, which is fine. He, was, he also caught the second of most of balls on the team. So he says, I want to be paid the, 
number one running back and the number two wide receiver salary stacked on top of each other. That's what I want for my salary. Okay, well, there's a whole lot of trouble happening in Pittsburgh because they've got rocks in their head if they're going to do that. Because uh, if if D'Angelo Williams, I think he's coming back, um, if he ends up um, as the backup, you're going to see him with a lot of looks this year. Yeah, it, it's they're not going to do that. Pittsburgh's too smart with the money. They won't. Uh, I think it was his way of saying that. Hopefully, to get more guarantee years down the line, and Pittsburgh too, is too smart to do that. Also, uh, I honestly think that he he's got the franchise tag this year, and if he doesn't take a contract next year, I think they'll let him walk. I, I really do. I don't even know if they'll franchise tag him again because I think Pittsburgh is too smart. And when he walks, I think Big Ben will walk. And then there'll be one bad year, and you know who is, you know, Antonio Brown's going to be depending on a trade. So they're in a delicate situation from being a dominant team that could go to the Super Bowl to nothing in one year. Well, one of the things that really astounds me this year is how awfully some of these teams have played the franchise tag because look at Washington. I am totally enjoying sitting on the sidelines and watching that dumpster fire in full blaze with uh, Kirk Cousins. And then on top of that, uh, trying to trash him because he won't sign the contract that they laid in front of him because when the newspaper Washington Post broke it down, they didn't give him anything extra to begin with. Yeah, it, it, yeah. That Washington and the Jets right now, and I hate to say that, even the Bears right now, what are they doing? They're they're like going in two different directions. Every one of those teams is going in two directions. It's like. The GM is going in one direction, and the coaching staff is going in another direction, and they have input on players they take, too. So it's like two different directions, all three of those teams. And I hate to say it, it's like, I don't know where they're going. Well, and that's a great point, because one of the teams that really surprises me is the Jets, because... I don't know why they're in a, a mood to dismantle because they have a good core team. The only thing they were really missing was that solid quarterback that would bring them to the promised land. Now, Josh McCown is not that guy, but I don't think it warranted dismantling of the team because I don't think Todd Bowles has two more seasons, not with this wreck. Yeah, I really thought when the draft started the way the Bears were setting up, they were going to play to be a bad team because this year's quarterbacks coming out of college. There's a few supposedly good ones coming out a lot stronger year than there was this year. I thought they were playing to get a top four pick and get one of those quarterbacks and go from there. But they drafted a quarterback, traded to draft that quarterback, and assigned a quarterback. So, oh boy, that dang, I have no idea. Well, it, one of the best parts about all of this is that even though the publicity may not be good, what are we doing? We're totally talking about the NFL during the off season. Exactly. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking about teams, I have a question for you. Reading three or four different articles this year saying, this is the year for the New York Rangers. This is the year for, in hockey now, sorry guys, this is the year for the New York Rangers. Is is that New York press just talking? Uh, I thought they took a step back this year. A couple of them said they took a step forward this year. Am I missing something here? Am I missing something, anything here? 
No, you have it spot on. It's the New York media that continues to be delusional. Henrik Lundqvist is an awesome goalie, and I'll be the first to admit that. But you know what they don't have? They don't have consistency. And the best part about it, they've got uh, one line. They have a second line that maybe is passable on a bad night against a good team. Um, they are, you know, that's ridiculous. The, I think their stock has dropped. Washington's may have dropped even further in the East. Uh, I think we're going to see some surprise teams coming this year. Uh, and keep your eye on Philadelphia because I got to tell you, they are sneaky good. Yes, yes. And speaking of players this year. Remember when I was, we were talking a couple weeks ago about Valerie Nechuchkin, why he stayed in the KHL when he really didn't have to? And I was saying there's some players, not necessarily A-level, but a lot of B-level players going to the KHL this year. Um, and I remember a couple weeks I was talking about that. Like, uh, there seems to be more than usual. Um, I was reading an article, and they kind of hit the nail on the head, and this is why. Do you remember talking about that? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Basically, what it is, is I'm going to read this one paragraph, basically about Valerie Nechushka and the Stars. We'll be coming back probably after this season for the 18-19 season for the Stars. Here's the paragraph that will really make sense. And after I said it, I was like, this makes sense. It says, there's also likely pressure on him back home to stay in Russia for the next season in order to be eligible for the 2018 Winter Olympics. And says, and it also says we've seen some second-tier Russian NHL players leave for the KHL for that reason. It is likely factor in Chushkin making him discussion to stay stay with CSK in Moscow for next season. That makes sense. And if that's the case, you know there's going to be money from the Russian government going to some of these teams to get these players to stay because Russia is all about the Olympics. So this is starting to make more sense why a lot of these players. I went to the KHL to sign these one- and two-year deals last year and this year. You know, uh, I guess I would actually be one of the only reasons because it certainly is not financial because, I mean, we actually spoke about this a couple of months ago, how much red that um, the KHL is bleeding right now, so much that they had to collapse for their team. So uh, it's, a, it's an interesting choice, but I guess I get it because, let's face it, Ovechkin is not going to bow down to the NHL. You know, he's going to play his game, and I wouldn't be shocked if he's willing to take a fine just to play for Russia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And speaking of the KHL, they report to camp in about a week, week and a half. So another month, about around my birthday every year, September 4th. I'm not saying that for anything, but usually around my birthday is kind of a good year because that's when the KHL starts, and that's about the time the NFL starts. So uh, it, it's coming up here pretty quick. We'll be able to start watching some um, – good high-level pro hockey. Now, interestingly enough, um, I, I mentioned the CBA, but um, I, from the articles I've been reading, I thought that the CBA was due to expire soon, but I'm on the site now, and it's actually not due to expire until 2022, so it looks like they've got a ways to go. Yeah, but I thought these read, maybe this is what they, I thought I read somewhere they want a new one in place in kind of theory by uh, 2020, by the end of 2020. So all they really have to do is tweak stuff here and there. So it signs, so it just goes into effect to make sure there's no lockout again. They have another lockout. Boy, I hate to say it, it won't go away, but 
I think that's going to be a death nail for one or two teams. Well, it certainly almost was for Major League Baseball because in 94, when they went on strike, um, it took them, let's see, 2004, almost 15 years to get back the audience that it lost. That's considerable. Yeah. I don't think they can let that happen. I really don't. And I think the owners know that, but I think the players are going to say more money, more money. And I think the players are willing to hold out thinking everybody's going to come back. And I don't think they will. I think it's, uh, I think NBC will drop them. And I think you're going to see them on like second tier cable networks, you know, where it won't, you won't have a chance to even be a cable cutter and watch it. You know, it, it'll be on second tier networks. So that will really be the death nail for, I think, hockey and big time. It'll take a big step back. Now, in your opinion, has the NHL really done all it can to promote the sport? I mean, are you happy with what you've seen so far? Oh, no. No, 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 no. The fearless commissioner, uh, he, he's all about the money, 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 money. He's not really promoting it in any way. Uh, if they would do little stuff, you know, NBC has exclusive rights for Sunday. That's great. Why does why isn't there somebody else that have exclusive rights for a Saturday game for another network? Why isn't there a Friday night game on national TV? You know, every Friday night. Yes, I know it goes up against uh, football and stuff for high school football, but there's still enough people where hey, and starting in January one, they could have exclusive rights to Monday night hockey. Take right over when the NHL NFL stops the Monday night football. Just keep on going. Just have a Monday night game on the national network, not on a cable network, on the national network. And they could do that, and they could cut a good deal. And what that would do is maybe they won't make a lot of money, and I think he won't do that because he wants to make the money and charge a lot. But I think that would really get people's eyes open like, hey, this isn't too bad, and would it would open more doors and make more money down the line. Now, what I would also like to see is that, you know, they actually – struck um, hockey gold with the um, outdoor game series. And I love them. I love them. The only thing that I don't like is the settings for them because, you know, you're playing in, in stadiums that are meant for football and not hockey. And some of the some of the crowds can look really uneven on TV. And I would think that at this point, Maybe it's an opportunity for the NHL to consider a somewhat large outdoor rink somewhere. And obviously it's going to have, well, it doesn't actually necessarily have to be in Canada because they held a game in Las Vegas uh, uh, a couple of years ago. But still, um, uh, I would like to see something a little bit more attuned to actual outdoor hockey instead of playing it in a football stadium. Or maybe you're still mulling that one over. Oh, I was hitting the wrong button. I was actually going on and on. <laughs> what I was saying is uh, Canada actually has a couple small stadiums that hold ten or 15,000. That might be outdoor. That might be good for this. Uh, just give the seats away. Just literally give the seats away and because that's peanuts what they'd make on a TV deal. They could use those giveaway tickets for promotions, you know, have it later in the year, like February where, you know, have a weekly contest for, hey, you know, each team gets to give away, you know, 20 tickets or something like that, you know, for throughout the year. They can give some away to charities and then just have a big television event where it's a smaller stadium, smaller thing. And just because with that being outside, you'll really hear the players yell at each other and 
you know, hey, down the middle, down the middle. And I think that would be a totally good experience. I completely agree. You know what? I'm going to write Batman today. There you go. <laughs> hey, before I forget, I, I got two quick articles I want to go over in hockey. Uh, first one surprises me, and the second one surprised me in a very, very good way. The first one that surprises me, um, we, when we talked about this, Brian Campbell from the Blackhawks retiring. We talked about that. But the Blackhawks did not offer him a contract, not even a base-level contract, nothing. That surprised me. I thought they would at least say, hey, he could, even if it's a, just a base-level contract, even at his age, yeah, this, doing that, 17 seasons, kind of showing, but he's still worth a base-level contract, and they didn't even offer him that. I think that has to do with how strapped they were. Or maybe the direction that they've been going in, because I have to tell you, I'm still trying to overcome the fact that they dealt, out, uh, dealt away Panarin. Uh, I, I think there's some disarray in that front office because this is not the same team that built up a legacy of young players to fill in to have a really long-term run at the Cup. This now seems like patchwork. Yeah, it, uh, it went, when he came out and said that they did not even offer me a contract, I was shocked. I was uh, <laughs> I was shocked. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. That's about all I can really say, except it, it, hopefully now me being the stars and they're in my own division. I still, I do not like to see the stars win because of another team is just in super turmoil. I want to see the stars win and win against a good team. So I hope this isn't the starting of the cratering of the Blackhawks. I really don't because uh, it, no matter if the stars are good or bad, the, the Hawks are good or bad. Every time they play, it's always a good game. And I don't want that to change. And if they start creating down, it's going to be more and more bad games. Well, so one of the things that we saw in this year's uh, offseason is um, the year of unbelievably all-in contracts for the star players. Price signed a, a gigantic one. Uh, Connor McDavid signed a gigantic one. And this, you know, these guys... And more credit to them. The fact of the matter is, is that, um, you know, you're going to take the money if people offer. Nobody's ever going to turn down money. But now what does that do to the rest of your team? Because, you know, you're hoping that you can put together some players at a quarter of the price. I mean, I think Chiarelli did what he did in Boston. And he's painted Edmonton in a real painful corner. And they're about to learn what it's going to be like in about two or three years when these contracts come up and they're going to have to sign them. What's more amazing to me is the number of no-trade I mean, no trade clauses in these. I'm, I'm shocked that a team will deal with that. That's a little surprising to me. Yeah, the no-trade contract. That's a killer for teams. That is uh, now. I really thought last the year before last, San Jose was gonna like take a bite, but they actually went to the finals. But uh, and and I thought the reasoning for that was they had like three top players with no trade clauses, and they should have traded, and they should they could have got a lot of young players, and they could have really got a big huge jump on uh, rebuilding. Now they did good, but. I think it's going to start showing for them decently unless they do something because it's the same thing. You have a lot of no-trade contracts. It's going to come bite you eventually. Well, I look at, you know, this is one of those situations where 
other teams don't learn from other teams' mistakes. I look at the Boston Bruins. So when they made a run for the Cup um, back in 2011, you know, I get it. They rewarded some of the players for for um, sticking it out and playing like they did. But they signed eight players to no trade clauses. And, of course, you fast forward three more years, now they're screwed because they've got no flexibility. They can't bring on other players. They can't trade players. They, they're stuck with what they have. And when three of those players grossly underperformed, well, then you're screwed because now what? you have no recourse. There is literally nothing you can do about that. Here is another stoke in the feather for the great nil, Stars GM. Uh, he does write no, no trade clauses but it's only the first two years of the contract, which is fine. Two years, you're decent. You know what's going on. Uh, Yes, maybe something will happen and you need to trade, but after that, hey, he can start getting rid of them. So uh, a lot of the players that got no trade, it's just for a very limited time. Now, what I would be interested in seeing is the NHL adopting sort of NFL-type kinds of contracts, Uh, and those are the ones like, for instance, you know, Edmonton wanted to sign Connor McDavid to a big big contract which they did but i i'm i'm wondering if they considered the option of this it's like all right we're going to give you a contract that's worth a hundred million but the way we're going to do it is we're going to give you 50 of that upfront and guaranteed money and then we will stagger the 50 over the eight remaining years and i'm wondering if you're going to see gms trying to employ that kind of tactic yeah think if you had a young team and you had five, six good players. And you had one year where you know you're, you just stacked everybody's payment that year, where basically you hired scrubs and five, six young players to these huge contracts. Turn around the next year, you could start getting better players in because starting then there's going to be kind of leveling out. So that's not a bad idea. And uh, it also gives you a lot of flexibility because now after you get done with the initial year or two years, then this puts you back into Jim Nil territory where it's like, okay, uh, you're not performing this year, but if this happens again, we will try to leverage you and try to make up our losses for, you know, maybe go after a, a draft pick or something like that. So it doesn't handcuff them as badly. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, before I forget, one more article, because I, I, I know may I'll forget. Another, I said surprise, but surprise in a good way for the Dallas Stars. Uh, and dun, dun, dun. let me open this up here. Uh, November 24th, Friday, the Dallas Stars are going to retire a jersey. And this surprised me. He is the, the epitome of a blue collar long term, played only for the Dallas Stars. Blue collar. I think he was a fan favorite. It surprised me they're retiring it, but I'm very glad they did. They're retiring Yuri Letnin. Oh, that is sort of surprising. Yeah. Um, ah. he Blue collar. You look at his stats, he's good. Uh, you know, and he, I mean, he played for Finland four different times. And I'll say this out of a lot of the teams, I really love. Finland's, if you ever have a chance, look at Finland's hockey jerseys, the blue and the white. It is so simple. It's good. It's kind of like I love Canada's. It is so simple. It is good. Sometimes the U.S. tries to overdo things. And Finland's one of them is simple. They've got kind of like their crest in the front, blue, some white on top usually. Done. 
you know, and it's just always sharp. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I digress. I saw him a picture of, they got a picture of him in it, and I was like, I just remember that. But he's such a blue-collar worker. Um, Madonna, you know, basically said, you know, um, people are giving, you know, all these other people credit when we won the cup, but he says Lettinen should have been the first person everybody thanked because he was like the glue and held everything and the consistent person that whole year. So, uh, yeah, it, it's surprised in a very good way, and I'm very happy. So Lettinen and Madonna's numbers are going to be the two retired up in the rafters. Oh, yeah, and I couldn't think of a – when we talk about the stars, actually the first player I do think of is Modano because, let's face it, I think he is the face of North Stars hockey. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, number 26 will not be worn anymore for the Dallas Stars, which is pretty cool. I'm very happy they're doing this. Uh, and I was, then I started thinking, who else would they retire right now? I can't think of any. I think at some day Jamie Benn is going to be retired and uh, possibly Seguin if he stays here. Uh, I think Ben will stay here throughout. I think Ben's almost a lock retirement 10 years after he retires, retires Jersey. And Seguin, if he stays here the rest of his career, I think he'll be retired too. So other than that, I think that's about it. No, and, you know, I think in terms of Seguin, I think he's actually happy where he is because, you know, unlike – you know, uh, his time here in Boston, you know, we knew there was going to be problems down the road anyway, because uh, I would say that by the second year, we were already hearing rumblings about, you know, his heart and things like that. And already it seemed like the Boston management had already made up their minds about him, which is too bad. Um, but uh, Dallas, I don't hear any kind of those things. It seems like he's genuinely grown into a game, and I think he's matured down in Dallas. Yeah, here's where I think he likes it here, seeing him. It's he does not have to be the number one guy. That's Ben. Ben will always be the number one, number one here. But Ben's game, half of his game and what makes him so good is making other people better and making other people, hey, take over the game. I don't care. I don't have to be the one in the public eye the whole time. You know, so again, do it. I don't care. So he's not like some of the players where they have to be the number one all the time and show it and everything. And Ben will hand the reins off for a while if somebody else wants to. And I think Seguin doesn't have to be the number one guy, but he can if he wants to. So I think it's a lot less stress. And I think he sees that. And let's be honest, hockey, the Dallas market is a lot more forgiving on a hockey player than anyone up in New England, anyone up in that area there or Canada. So I think he knows that it, he's in a really good non-stress situation here, that he can have fun, play hockey, and as long as they're decent winning, I think he'll stay here. Well, and let's not forget one other thing, the quality that Ben uh, possesses, that Sagan, not as much, and it's the physical play, because uh, Ben will go into the corners. He will grab the puck, and as long as Sagan is out front, there's going to be a lot of scoring between the two the two so um that is a perfect match right now yes and and we can solidify that other forward there with the new signing so i'm i'm really looking forward to this year um not necessarily I, I'm, I'm i'm gonna be honest here i don't think the stars are stanley cup i think the stars are i would love a cup i think the stars are semifinals or finals team i really don't maybe next year with a little more growth but i really don't but i think they're going to be 
Now that they'll have a little more defense, it's just not going to be let's light them up for six goals and hopefully we'll hold them to five. They'll play, I think they'll be a little better defense, but they'll still have that, you know, punch forward, let's try to score some goals attitude, uh, which I think they'll be a fun team to watch. Well, I'll even go, I'll go it one step further. They're a top final four team this year. I, I have no bones about it. They did enough to get there. And I think that, you know, yeah, on paper they look good, but I know on ice they look great. So I think at this point I would be surprised. I would actually be shocked if they were not one of the four finalists uh, in this year's run for the Cup. Which team in the NHL will have the most improvement? Oh, that's really tough because so the two teams are already exceeding expectations because if Edmonton and uh, Toronto had had, you know, 500 or so-so seasons, I would say that this upcoming year would be the big year for them. However, they exceeded expectations last year, both of them, and really the sky is the limit for those guys. I'd actually have to go back to the drawing board and think, uh, well, no, actually, out of the people we talked about, I think the Stars are actually the most improved. Okay. I would love to say the Stars, but I'm not going to pick my team. I'm not going to. I'm going to try to go outside the box. And I'm actually going to say the Jets. Uh, they had another down year, too, like the Stars did. And the, the Jets are a team that can turn it on at any time. But I think right now, I think what's holding the Jets back, I hate to say that, is their coaching. I... I, I, I he, he, boy, I just, I hate to talk bad, but every time I watch a Jets game, uh, their lines change. Uh, every time you watch a game, they're they're playing with different people in the line. Even during a game, he'll change it, and it's like, well, just leave them for a couple weeks, you know, just just leave them. So, uh, I think maybe they're learning from that, and it's going to stabilize it a little more. But so I'm going to pick the Jets since I'm not going to pick the Stars. No, I think you totally would have been allowed to pick the stars. Uh, you just cited the exact reason why the Jets aren't going to be that way, because I like Paul Maurice, too. I think that he did a wonderful job with a really crappy team in the Carolinas. And now that he's got more talent with Winnipeg, I'm not convinced he can do anything with it. And I think, what is it, Pavlik is still in goal for them? He's an okay goalie, but I just... There's just not enough there to make me commit to that. Um, I'm going to pull this up here for a second. I don't is is he? I thought he was their backup this year. Let me pull it up because I know at one point they actually uh, they did drop him for a little bit into the minors, but that was enough to set a fire under him. And uh, I know that he had a stronger second half. So yeah, okay. I'm opening the site now. Dun dun dun. Where's our production crew when we need them? Exactly. Okay. Their three goalies is Halibut, um, Hutchinson, and Mason. I thought I heard somewhere Hutchinson and Mason are going to be the starters. Oh, that's probably true. Although Hellebuck will give them a good run for their money. But Steve Mason, oh boy, I'm not really sure what to think of him because uh, I remember his time in Columbus, I thought that he was the second coming of whatever they had down there. Um, but when he's, when he had a really bad season, uh, then ended up struggling. He had an up and down season in Philadelphia. So, huh, maybe a change of scenery for the third time. will do it. 
Yeah, um, I'm, I really think they're hoping Hutchinson just takes the reins and goes. I think that's what they're really hoping. And two players to watch for on defense if the Jets start to taper off. Um, I, uh, they're younger players, so they can get a decent thing. I shouldn't say younger, but they're still young enough where you know they might have some value is uh, Truba and Bufflin, uh, two defensive players. And defense is always welcome come trade deadline. So if they have a year like last year, I can see um, coach getting fired and the general managers rebuilding because they're not a big market team. They have to do it in drafting young players because a lot of players don't like going there. It's in the middle of Winnipeg, cold, and Winnipeg is the coldest NHL city on average throughout the year because of the wind chill, if you go by wind chill. So, yeah, so a lot of players don't like it just for that because even Canadians say, man, that Winnipeg's cold, you know. So uh, I think I, I think they would do that. And uh, uh, a couple other people uh, they might is uh, Blake Wheeler, maybe is another player they might send off to. So. Uh, the winger. So it, it, if they have starting with a bad year come trade deadline and they're out of it, I think coach is gone and uh, they're going to start selling off pieces for really young players and draft picks. I'm really hoping that's not true because I would be okay getting rid of the coach, but I would keep the players because a lot of those players still have a lot of mileage on them. I mean, I think Buffalo has maybe two or three solid, solid years ahead of him. Uh, and Truba, you know, it's funny. There was actually one point where uh, there were trade rumors that actually had him coming to Boston. And I really wished that that had actually happened. But uh, as it is, Winnipeg still has him. So he's a good young defenseman that will anchor the defense for years to come, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... I think at this point they really need to consider their coaching options because uh, Maurice is not it for them. Yeah, it. it yeah, Bufflin. Here's why I really like Bufflin. If needed, if truly needed, he can step in and be a forward. That is very valuable to have a defensive player that can step up and be forward and go back and be defense uh, if needed. So. Uh, he could be very valuable uh, trade bait. That's the only reason I say that. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, if Winnipeg were smart, there's no, they wouldn't move any of those pieces. I I totally keep them because they're still young enough. I think they're still hoping, let's face it, uh, Line A, he's, he's in for line for another good season. And I think there's some potential for exciting hockey, but uh, change at head coach really could do them well. You know who uh, I think might be pretty good there to um, good teaching, training head coach? Who would that be? Just left the Dallas Stars, just got fired, used to be with the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I think he would be pretty good. Well, let's put it this way. This whole NFL, NHL season, at some point before the All-Star break, he will be signed onto another team. Yes, um, and uh, I'm trying to list. He just took a job. Let me look who it is. Lindy Ruff. Let me click on him. I'm sorry. In case you guys don't, we're talking about Lindy Ruff. Uh, um, he said he'll have a job. I think he would be awesome with the Jets. I think that's like made in heaven pick there. 
And yeah, assistant with the Rangers. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I knew he went to a large market team and I don't remember which one. Yeah. He became an assistant with the Rangers. And I remember when we were talking about that, part of the agreement is he can leave for a job at any time. So yeah. Um, he talks pretty decent. I would have also liked to seen Lindy Ruff in the NBC studios for pre and post game. Uh, I really, I think that would have been good too. You know what we need on NBC? We need somebody like Don Cherry. Yes. Or, or somebody that just dresses like Don Cherry. One of the two. Oh, you know who would be ideal for this situation? I don't know if you remember this punk. Sean Avery? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah? I, I will, well, I thought Sean Avery was almost like a Don Cherry starter kit. <laughs> well, don't forget, this is also a guy who showed up on fashion shows on, on Bravo. Exactly. So, yeah. It's, uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go to Google and, uh, put Don Cherry NHL in there and click on images and you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, he, yes, very colorful. That's to say the least. And feel free to also Google Sean Avery punk. Yes. Yes. You'll, uh, that'll be enjoyment too. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so, Okay. So the one we have kind of a bet going on, boy, we got to write these down. Uh, over, under, somebody getting fired. I don't remember. Do you remember what it was? We'll have to go back and listen to that last week's show, the week before. No, you're right. My memory is not so good because I drink out of aluminum cans. <laughs> yeah, I have to, I got to write that down. But uh, trade deadline, do you think Lindy Ruff will have a job? Trade deadline? Hmm, that's... No, no, he won't. Okay, okay, that's what I thought you did, and I'll take the after on that. Um, I think he'll have a job within three weeks of the end of the season, though. Uh, I'm, I'm almost certain of that, because at some point, uh, the Islanders are going to just, oh, stagger out of the gate, and then by the time uh, November rolls around, which is already one full month into the season, they'll be so far behind in the standings that they'll start talking, uh, firing the coach. Yes, I think, wasn't it uh, the Rangers head coach um, by, uh, I forgot when, by was it Halloween or Thanksgiving, he'll be fired? Oh, yeah, yes, and I, you know what? If the Rangers start slowly, yes. So, yeah, I think that was our bet. I forgot. I'll have to go back if I said Halloween or Thanksgiving. Uh, if one of you guys remember that, send it in. Because uh, what's going to happen is Thanksgiving time, if he's not fired, we have to go listen to see if I already lost or, <laughs> or if I get another month reprieve. I think we actually did say by Thanksgiving, um, uh, Vino would be let go. Yeah, so... Yep, as soon as you said the Islanders, it clicked in me. It was like, the Rangers! Because I was saying that I really thought they were going to stumble bad out of the gate. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to stumbling like 500 in the first 20 games, and they're going to start rumbling and get mad up there, and then that's just going to make them play worse. I don't even think there'll be 500 hockey, to tell you the truth. I think they're going to see some stretches where they may even lose seven, eight games. Okay. I, I can see that, but I think they're going to be around 500 after about 20, 25 games, and everybody up there is just going to start beating everybody to death, them, and then, then that's when they'll start to crater. So uh, that's my very. I could very well see, you know, starting off, you know, 3 and 12, too. 
So, uh, anything else before we continue on? Um, not right now. I mean, there was a, an article that came out, but I, I lost it. It was about the uh, brain injuries for NFL players, and the article was stunning. It was stunning. I read that, I read um, that too. 99% of all NFL players that had their brains donated had, uh, what's that called, uh, the traumatic brain thing. CTE. Yes. And what was it? Three out of ten high school players had it. Was that it? Something like that? Uh, the number was staggering, and it was all about longevity, too. So the longer you played the sport, uh, the more likelihood you had this. So everybody was calling that linebacker from uh, the Raiders crazy for retiring. Who's crazy now? Yeah, no doubt about that. Holy crap. You know, this is something the NFL cannot hide from much longer. Yes. Uh one thing I will say about the NHL, they at least admit there's something we need to get better at this and they're not trying to hide information. I think they're they're just saying, Yes, it's bad, what can we do? So I think they're holding themselves to less litigation for the future, which is good for them. And that actually is a discussion for another show too, because you know, I do think that despite the NFL and all of their, you know, uh, misfirings on player safety, I think the NHL has been the opposite. I think they've had the best and biggest impact to uh, their player safety. Um, I can't disagree more. It, I, I can't. Uh, the only thing I think they take safety too far is the goalie. I do not like goalies being able to go anywhere they want, not being able to touch them. If they're going for the puck 20 feet away from the crease, hey, I'm not saying give him a check, but there's nothing wrong with skating and pushing him a little bit to get him out of the way. Uh, it, I, I hate that. Even when the Stars goalies do it, it drives me crazy. It's like, why do they get to be untouchable because they're going after a puck? You know, they, if, if they're in the blue, you touch them, you're penalized. No doubt about it. If you're outside the blue, as long as you don't just get a cheap shot in on them, hey, uh, they were going for the puck. They're fair game. I'd be very curious to see what some of the old-time goalies think of these rules. Exactly. Yeah. Um, who was it? Do you remember the goalie? Um, I'll have to look for this up. He wore that plexiglass mask. It was a see-through mask. You could see his face, but it just kind of like stuck to his face. It was like see-through. Oh, vaguely. Vaguely. I'm going to have to look that up so I can give you guys a link. Because uh, yeah, probably just have to look for a see-through goalie mask and uh, probably find it. But I'll have to find that. But uh, he was one of the first people to wear a mask and he wore that. And people were like, oh, smart though. Okay, anything else before we kill us off? No, this was actually, this was a great All show. All right, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate taking time out of your busy schedule, downloading and listening to this episode. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or concerns, please email Tracy at podnuts.com. If you want to email Bruce, send it to me. I'll throw it over his way. If you guys want to join us in any way, do it. And uh, don't forget, the next few weeks might be iffy uh, for shows. Apologize about that. We have recorded a few shows that are, aren't time-sensitive, and a couple of them are really good. I had a fun time recording them, just so you know. Uh, but I think I'll be able to squeeze some shows in here and there. And again, uh, I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. When I'm done, I'll let you know at that point. But, okay, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Everybody have a good day. Good week.